Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Play Along Podcast, a podcast where we play through games. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about our experiences with Frog Fractions. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, we'll tell you about you're it. You're not going to introduce us? Well, I haven't even got through my intro yet. What's that? Doing? You're not going <laughs> to. Okay, whatever. I'm here with Kai. Oh, uh, hello. <laughs> and I'm here with Ben, too. <laughs> hello. Uh, if you missed the last episode, we finished our time with Ocarina of Time, gave our thoughts, wrapped up the game. Uh, and we also introduced that in between our larger games, we will be doing smaller interstitial episodes where we'll do maybe one and done games, maybe something that's a little shorter. Uh, and that's what today's episode is. But before we do that, I have two things that I want to want to I want to say. You guys ready for this? One, I, I meant to tell a story in the last episode, an Ocarina of Time related story. So I'll say that. Um when I was a kid playing Ocarina of Time, I probably played it for the first time around seven or eight years old. I got to the final boss, the Ganondorf fight. So I was going to tell that story in the related episode, which I had forgotten, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I always played with my friends. Like me and my friends always we would play together. We played past the controller back and forth. And one play session, we were going in to kind of beat the final boss. And I don't know how I ended up getting to this screen, but in my like memory, I booted up the game and I had looked away for a second. My friend had the controller or whatever. And it was on like the name your character screen. And in my little kid brain, I was like, oh, I can rename my character and then go back to exactly where I was. And Ganondorf will call me a different name. Like that's super cool. So I, I renamed my character and then I entered the game and it was at the very beginning of the game again. It was the intro cinematic. And I panicked to reset the N64 to be like, oh, maybe I clicked on a new save file or something like that, but I had deleted my entire game and I didn't finish it. I gave up on Ocarina of Time until the 3DS one came out like in 2013 and that's when I played it again. Well, wait, wait, because I was trying to work this out. I was like, well, you just clicked a new save file, but you managed to somehow delete the original. Yeah, because like I said, I had stepped away. My friend had the controller and maybe they're like, oh, we'll be like funny and we'll pick new game and we'll click that one. I don't, in my memory, I just remember booting up the game and then when I came back, it had the new... Like, name your character screen. And my dumb eight-year-old mind was like, oh, Sweet Ganner will call me, like, Fluff Butts or something like that. And that'll be funny. <laughs> and then I lost my, my game save. And I, was I love the fact that it annoyed you to such a level that you rage quit what is now your favorite game for, like, <laughs> how many years until the 3DS came out? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was easily, like, I don't know, like 10 years later that I ended up getting the 3DS version and actually finishing Ocarina for the first time. Oh, I mean, that probably makes sense as to why you enjoy it so much. If you played the 3DS, you had all those quality of life improvements yeah. that we were talking about. And I mean, I, I played Ocarina, the N64 version a lot, but I think that like the, the 3DS version was the one that's like stuck in my memory a lot. And I had those quality of life things. So yeah, that was my that was my Ocarina of Time horror story. Uh, oh, man. So scary. Yeah. I know. I mean, we, we all have stories like that. Like I have stories like that, but they're not they're not Ocarina related. But... Oh, no. It's it, it's funny how like game save memory isn't really an issue <laughs> nowadays. Like if your console turned off back in the day, you're like, shit, did I save? Oh, I didn't well, save. like okay, so real real brief. When I had my Xbox 360, oh. um, me and my dad was absolutely in love with the Gears of War franchise, and it's still to this day a franchise that oh, I love. Like yeah. me and him would play like we'd go on different teams and have bots with us, and we'd do like yes. kind of PvP kind of thing. We need to play through Gears um, of War, by the way. Oh yes, please! I fucking I love that franchise. So, except for Judgment, we can we can leave that. But we, Kyle doesn't like um, this war. <laughs> it's okay. 
So anyway, yeah. I was. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was. I I can't remember what happened. I I was trying to get something to work with the hard drive. Like it started to be a bit funny. It got corrupted somehow. Red Ring of Doom. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I I found out that you could connect the hard drive to the computer, and then you could use like a Windows computer to format the hard drive. And I, I there was some more steps to it, but basically I ended up connecting this hard drive to the computer, or I did it on the Xbox. I ended up formatting this hard drive somehow, and my dad was on like the second to last mission of Gears of War three. Um. And he'd been playing through them like back to back. He marathoned from the first one through, and I got rid of all of his save progress. Oh, I literally because no. I because I formatted the hard drive, and there yeah. was no cloud save back in back in that time. Back in years, so yeah. So he lost like he because he hundred percented one two and was on his way to a hundred percent free. And I formatted it, and I was like, "Yeah, Dad, I've lost like everything." Oh, um, so sad, and. He was so angry. <laughs> That's the day Dad left for a pack of cigarettes and never came <laughs> back. Yeah, he was he was <laughs> mightily pissed. Well, uh, continuing on the safe state uh, memories and horror stories, we're going to continue doing this because this is going to be a shorter episode anyway. So we got to deal with stuff. Um, I remember Frag Fro- Sorry, Frag Fro- Frog Fractions is not a deep game. So. No, no. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> Um, anyways, I had I used to play uh, the first Lego Star Wars on Game Boy Advance. I loved that game. Um, oh wow, old school shit. Okay, Wait, yeah, the game yeah. was on Game Boy. Advance. Yeah, it was on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember that me and my brother used to play it a ton. Like we played it all the time. And I think we had finished the game, and then we were trying to hundred percent it. You know, get all the characters and all the the ships and stuff like that. And we were we were pretty close. And he did something that just like made me angry and pissed me off. So I deleted his save file. You're a terrible. <laughs> and then he cried. <laughs> Yeah, that is awful. Yeah, he's he's an awful person. I'm sorry. I mean, I used to do that thing where you like give your controller to the sibling and, and tell him it's plugged it. in, and it's yeah. not. Yeah, 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 I've done that before. No, I was angry at him, and I deleted his save file, and he cried. Zach, if you're listening to this, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually I had one more incident that I didn't. Well, I did kind of cause it, but See, it was more my mum. I'm actually. not a terrible person. No, my mum is a terrible person okay. in this situation. <laughs> Great. So um, I, I spoke to you guys privately about how um, like I grew up in a masonette and I essentially yeah. lived like my bedroom was on the fourth floor, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was like a hot summer day and I had both the windows open because the windows in the in the house here, because we don't have aircon in the UK, all of the windows like, well, you don't need it. It's, it's only hot for like two months of the year. I guess that's fair. That's valid. Um, so the, all of the windows are capable of opening up at a 90 degree angle and like being fully, fully open. Cause I used oh, to like, when I was younger, I used to like open the windows and sit on the windowsill with my feet dangling out. I would never do it that's, now cause I'm seems, shit scared of heights. That seems dangerous. <laughs> oh, it, is, it was really dangerous. I do not recommend it, but I mean like it, once the window was open, that was it. It was fully open. Um, and I remember I got into like a. I did something wrong and my mom told me off and we got into a bit of a tiff and she was like, go to your room. And I was like, okay, I'll go to my room. That's where my fucking PlayStation is. Okay. Time to delete all your saves. (laughs) And she was like, don't play that fucking PlayStation. Like you're banned. I was like, okay, I won't play it. Went upstairs, (laughs) (laughs) went upstairs, turned it on. And um, immediately she was that angry. She comes storming up the stairs and this is not an exaggeration. She picked up my TV. I had like a little, like square, big back TV, a yeah. little tiny CRT sort of thing. Yeah. 
um, she picked the TV up off of the TV cabinet and threw it out of my open fourth story window. <laughs> okay. What if it landed on a person? That's incredible. Especially TVs back then weighed like 130 pounds for some reason, even though they were like... Yeah, they were heavy. They're just like hollow, but yeah. for some reason there's materials. No, it was like, because of the way that our estate works, the window she threw it out of led onto like a back area where there wasn't anybody. Um, oh, there you go. But yeah... Yeah, I don't know if mum will ever hear this, but yeah, I remember you. I, from I remember what you did. I'll never forget. You always blame me for dad leaving because I deleted his <laughs> file. <laughs> so yeah. Oh god. She's, she's just—I I love her, but she's just an angry woman. She's just a small. <laughs> she's she's just a small Irish redhead, and she's just angry. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, the second thing that I wanted to say. So one of our issues and uh, qualms we had with Ocarina of Time was the confusing Song of Storms idea where he taught it to us as a child because we taught it to him as an adult and that whole mm-hmm. like weird in-between. I found out that that's actually a thing and it's called the bootstrap paradox. I told Kai about this and he has a face. He's like, fuck, I have to sit through this again. Um <laughs> I mean, this will be interesting because, like, you you guys know that one of my big issues was the was the whole time travel yeah. loophole stuff. So, so yeah. So the boot, bootstrap paradox is, and I'll just read the little description here. It says it occurs when an object or piece of information is sent back in time and becomes trapped in an infinite cause and effect loop in which the item no longer has a discernible point of origin. Bootstrap paradox. That's it. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't help that it makes any more sense, but it's a thing. No, I was going to say you've just you've just told me what the name <laughs> of the loophole is. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I had to sit through this fun fact at least twice before. But it's a it's a thing. That's why I was excited. It's like it's a thing and it's a paradox, and it still doesn't make any sense, but it gives me a little uh, closure on the whole Ocarina of Time. Um. <laughs> okay. So so I guess. Yeah, it kind of makes sense in the in the scheme of things when you think about it because it's like no but it it explains how it's like this infinite loop of like you constantly have to be like okay i have to go back as a child and it doesn't explain the origin Mm -mm. like you can't say that the origin is explained because there is no origin like that's that's not an explanation that's not an explanation you know this isn't the matrix you can't just there is no spoon (laughs) your way out of this situation yeah exactly exactly the the explanation was there is no origin of the song. Song of Storms has and will ever exist, and there is no point of when it, Song of Storms didn't exist. Wow. Do we just create a religion? Is that yeah. how that works? The bootstrap. I don't know why it's called bootstrap, though. What? Did you even read? I literally just read the description on Google, and I can answer that question, wait, wait, which wait. is it comes from <laughs> it comes from the idiom of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, which but, then creates an endless loop. But that's not the... I was reading this description, not that one. Well, that's not my fault. You can't read. I was reading a different description. Uh, yes. So that's oh. where that's where it comes from, is, is like the, the turn of phrase, pulling yourself up from your own bootstraps, which is, of course, an impossible thing to do, but it creates a infinite loop. You know, an infinite loop of you pulling yourself up, which... There you go. Bootstrap paradox. Yeah. Do you feel satisfied now that you've shared this with people? I Again? do. I do. I'm glad. I should have waited, and then you and Ben would have both been equally as excited. It still, it still does nothing to justify no. the, the time travel. And that, 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 that wasn't the intention. It was no. more the excitement. Well, of also, being like, the, the issue is that you have access to unlimited time travel power, and you never use it the correct way in the entire game. <laughs> so, you know, that's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this up, because I was like, I wonder if I can try and understand yeah. 
did. And so, like, I'm on Wikipedia. Don't get me wrong. That's not like the be all and end all of that's, of resolution. Yeah, but it says it says it's also called a causal loop, mm-hmm. and is a theoretical proposition in which by either by means of either retrocausality or time travel, a sequence of events is among the cause of another event, which in turn causes the first aforementioned event. And they give an example of a billiard ball striking its past self. They say the billiard mm-hmm. ball moves in a path towards a time machine and the future self of the billiard ball emerges from the time machine before its past self enters it, giving its past self... It, it makes no sense. I get it, though. Like, if a ball continually hit itself in the past, it would create an infinite loop in which, like, anything could theoretically happen, which is, is very confusing. This is a problem with time travel. Yeah, but I just, you, time travel explains that, itself, That's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, time travel in general just seems like it's hard to do, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's like, if you bring it back around to Ocarina, so the idea is that Child Link played the song to speed up the windmill and then taught the guy the song, and the guy teaches adult Link the song. So then, adult the Link... Taught us, us, taught, us, taught us it to us in the first place. I, I honestly think that a parallel timeline makes more sense than time travel. Mm, yeah. If there was a parallel Link who, as a child, knew the song for some reason and played it, and then somehow we ended up like crossing path, like crossing timeline with him, like intersecting at that one point... And I mean, that's kind of how it is, because at the end of Ocarina of Time, it does split into three separate timelines, one with young Link going into his normal time period, and then one with adult Link, and there's a third one where Link doesn't begin. And, uh, but there is two separate timelines. So technically, the young Link timeline and the adult Link timeline are two separate, like you said, universes, essentially. So maybe that's, mm. that's the answer right there. Or what happened was another child from our village happened to just go to the windmill and, and play the song and then he thought we were that child and we're all overthinking this a little too much and it was just yeah a, a do you know what do you know why it confuses me because in i may be remembering this wrong but in majora's mask i'm pretty sure that the son of storms and the son of son that the son of sons and the son of storms are taught to you by pose who are composer brothers and it's like one of the <laughs> sure. one of them knows one of them knows the son of storms, and then it's like mm-hmm. that's been ripped off by his brother who heard because I mean, the son of storms and the son of the, the son of song. song yeah they're very similar yeah very similar the 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 idea is that they're two composer brothers and one of them ripped the son off of the other one. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's how it's explained in Majora's Mask. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of Majora's Mask lore information up here, which is so surprising because yeah, Zelda. I mean, Majora's, Majora's Mask is even more confusing than Ocarina to me. Oh, yeah. Well, Majora's um, Mask really is centered around time because you're playing through a three-day cycle and you're constantly playing through those three days over and over again. Yeah, but there's there's small bits of it. like So in Majora's Mask, if you reset and go back to the first day, you will lose your items. Right. You will lose any arrows you have or any bombs or anything. You also lose any rupees. But it's weird because you can deposit them with a woman in Clocktown. And so there's there's like a woman in Clocktown. You can deposit them. And the idea is she gives you this slip that you can come and withdraw them with, almost like a bank card kind of thing. So if at the end of three days you've deposited 600 rupees, you can reset 
and go back in time and you have those rupees she's like oh well this account is linked to what you've shown me so these must be your 600 rupees like what well it does make sense because as long as you had because it's just a piece of paper and it says like this is your account balance so as long as you still could hold on to that piece of paper and present it to her the bank has just a pool total of rupees yeah. it doesn't know the difference between one person i guess yeah they're not balance. so it's just like oh you have 600 on this piece of paper here's like 50 yeah i guess it's like that that argument of like you know money isn't like an actual what is money currency yeah exactly because it's Metal just paper. it's just paper that's printed off and then the bank store it and you tell them how much you have saved and they go yeah we have that much you can have it yeah it's true um but anyway, bank a- enough on, enough of Zelda, <laughs> bank which we have spent yeah. If you want so much time, if on. you want to hear more about Zelda, we have a, our full experience with it. The last six episodes are all about Zelda, so you can go check out our opinions and our thoughts on there. But today's episode is about a little game called Frog Fractions. And if you don't know what Frog Fractions is, don't worry because neither did we. Because Not really, yeah. this game is interesting to explain it's an anomaly i'm gonna have to i'm reading the description for it here so i can try to somehow explain this game okay uh let's see here don't want to well just to kind of kick things off if if i remember correctly it started as a flash game because i i had never heard of this until Mm -hmm. you mentioned it to me like maybe a week or two before we finished zelda right and we found out you could play it on steam because you and kai seemed to know a bit about it or at least know it existed yeah, so before we had many card trips and just conversations, had conversations around like some of the best games ever, looked at like top games of the decade, top games of all time. And for some reason, this game, Frog Fractions, appeared on every single one of these lists. Yep. And we're like, just for the sake of it being here and, and had the conversation around it, we have to experience this. We had really no idea what it was or rather, you know, what it looked like because it's kind of a spoof on like the education entertainment games that you used to play like in elementary school and stuff like that um but it just kept appearing on these best game lists and the reviews were like this is amazing this will change your life you have to experience this it's something that you like you'll only understand once you experience so we're like we have to try this we have to try this out and it's not long by any means i think we finished it in like an hour mm-hmm. maybe an hour. um well some of us at least. we finished it in an hour <laughs> yeah so, do you do you actually have a history of it? Because I'm curious. No, I, I don't. Uh, yes, in 2012, it was started as a browser, uh, game. browser game or a flash game, um, based on the edutainment uh, game genre, kind of playing off of that. Founded by a guy named Jim Stormdancer, which is the coolest name ever, by the way. <laughs> uh, and but, his studio, Twin, which is Twin which Beard. is very weird because he started a studio called Twinbeard, but with the name Stormdancer. Like, come know. on, man, Stormdancer Studios. That that is great missed opportunity anyway it was a you know it was a flash game in 2012 yeah. and then they they released it on windows in august 5th of 2020 so very recently yeah which was the game of the decade edition i believe is when they uh, yeah. released it on Steam the, for everyone to play yeah the death of adobe flash r.i.p r.i.p yeah and the, so essentially the game is about you playing a frog and you have to eat bugs and you have kind of these three fruits that are in front of you and you're essentially defending your fruit from these bugs mm-hmm that's essentially all the game presents to you at first. And that's really all that it seems like the, what the gameplay loop is. Uh, it very quickly, well, for some people some quickly, people. <laughs> uh, goes off the rails almost immediately. Uh, it, it, even in the sense of you, you kind of go through waves 
And as you go through these waves, more bugs will appear. But you get currency, that's fruit. And then I think the other currency is Zorkmids. Zorkmids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can use these currencies to upgrade your frog. Like you can do auto lock on. You can get, uh, instead of a lily pad, your frog stands on a turtle, which allows you to move around the water. Uh, after that, you eventually get a dragon, which your frog sits on, which allows mm-hmm. you to kind of move throughout the entirety of the map. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. Ben, you want to talk a little bit about your <laughs> your experience with this? Yeah, well, so it's like I started playing the game, and um, at first, I remember messaging Jared like, "What the fuck is?" You this asked game? me if this was a troll. You're like, "Are you trolling me right now?" I was like, "No, just just keep playing. Like it, it'll the game. Yeah. You'll see what we're talking about." Yeah. So when I messaged you, I'd already been playing for about forty five minutes, <laughs> um, and so I'm just going backwards and forwards on this like. I have this dragon, and because you get the turtle, and it says like WASD, yeah. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, okay, that's that's the standard movement buttons for right. PC. Like that's not anything new. And I was like, well, I'm not going to press WRS because I'm on a 2D plane. Like I can't go up and down. Go up and down. Um, I think I did press them, and nothing seemed to happen. So I was going backwards and forwards, and Joel, uh, Jared was like, it's not a troll. Just keep playing. I was like, okay, okay. And I think I sent you a picture of like how many power ups I had bought, and there was so many. Like, because you buy these power ups, and like you get this like static ton where the bugs will stick to it, yeah. so you can collect more. And and I was doing the things. It got to the point where I was like buying the lock on assist, and then uninstalling the lock on assist, and then rebuying it and reuninstalling it. And this is why I thought it was a troll because they were like. There was this story being told in each of these different power ups, and it got to the point where the story was like talking about like the, f- the futility of consumerism and stuff <laughs> like this. <laughs> and I was like, "What is this game?" And then you messaged me. You was like, "Oh yeah, you need to press S to like go underwater because mm-hmm. the thing that kickstarts the game is that you buy an item called the warp drive, right. but the warp drive is twenty five thousand fruit." And I was like, man, I'm getting like six fruit a session. Like, how long am I going to have to play this to get 25,000 fruit? Um, But like you said to me, the game doesn't tell you to press the S button. It just assumes that you're randomly going to press it. And that's what we did. Like, we had just been moving around, and I think I was trying to dodge some of the bugs, and I accidentally went down. And as you go under the water, you see a giant pile of fruit. And it gives you fruit, and then it says, like, where it shows your currency or your number, it says, just like a billion yeah and which yep, gives you yep. enough because i think i don't remember how much the warp drive is but it's like a, a ridiculous amount that you would never be able to collect with the amount of fruit you get after each round yeah. um, and there's there's a little nod to the fruit being underwater is the fact that they fall th- there's three fruit on the screen and they ripen over the period of you trying to kill the bugs and as they ripen they'll begin to fall in the water once they get to their you know orange stage it goes like green red and then orange and it'll fall in the water yep. see i Evan. didn't put two and two together because <laughs> well because there was for me they just kind of they they ripen, they start to shake, and then they fall. But because they just disappear, yeah, there was no there was no like sp- I know it sounds so picky, but like there was no splash animation. So I was like, <laughs> okay, they're not going into the water, right? Um, I just kind of thought they were like you know disappearing into the ether, and that was it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you once you buy the warp drive, shit goes off the rails. It really wild. Yeah, so you buy the warp drive. Also, the dragon's name is Draggy, by the way. I mm-hmm. think that's awesome. 
It's it's in and here. the the frog's name is Hop. Hop. Hop is the main character. Hop is the main character. Your drag's name is Draggy. Uh, so after you get enough money to buy the warp drive, you can ride Draggy to Mars. Bug Mars. Bug Mars. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Very specific. Very, yeah, very specific. Yes. Yes. Uh, as you're traveling to there, you're in space and you're still trying to eat bugs, but you're also dodging asteroids at the same time. All while all while there's like. I, I don't even know what the narrator was talking about in the background. He was saying something, but I was avoiding. No, what? it was the it was it's a spoof on um, Star Fox. Star Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, do, one do of them goes do a barrel roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do a barrel yeah. roll. Because I had my brother here with me, mm. um, and he was like, "I'm trying to because it's it's like Star Fox, and it's also like um, I don't know if anyone's played it, but like in on like the old school Nokia's, there was like a game." where you could play as like a pilot, like a ship. Yeah. It was similar to Star Fox. And like, you basically went up and down the screen and you destroyed enemies on the screen. Right. Really super similar, like 2D side-scrolling asteroid mm-hmm. game. Um, and so I'm trying to play this and my brother's like, why is he telling you to do a barrel roll? And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, it's fucking Star Fox, <laughs> man. Um, but after and then I had to explain what Star Fox was to my 14-year-old brother. Like, that's he's fair. never... That's fair. Star Fox isn't doing too hot nowadays, uh, so it makes sense why. They no, don't. wasn't there? Wasn't there like rumors of like a Switch reboot or something? Well, yeah, because there was a, a Starfield Battle for Atlas came out, and the Nintendo Switch version you can play as Star Fox and their their ship and all the Star Fox characters. And that was kind of like their nod, like, "Hey, Star Fox, hey, this was." You should probably you should probably add Star Fox to the list of games because I've never played Star Fox. So. We should play. I have it on the so, Nintendo sixty four, so we could play so the sixty four version. My personal favorite is the dinosaur Star Fox. That's very controversial because Star uh, Fox Adventures people do not like. Yeah, I know it's yeah, it's rough. I, I love it, it too. I think it's. Great. I just love the idea that there was a game that was developed and they were like, eh, and they're like, you know, what, this make this better. Just make it a Star Fox game. And you know what's interesting? And we'll use all the assets in the world, but that we won't was, change anything that about That was the, the game. exact thought process. Yeah, I know. It's because... awesome. I think it's it's incredible. The game was designed as like a space dinosaur game. Which is already just who. And then who they're like, let's add Star Fox into it. And then yeah. they just added Star Fox in and didn't change anything I else. think it's great. I think it's a great game. Anyway, you're, sticky... you, 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 you fly to Bug Mars. Correct. Uh, and then you're put on trial. But before mm-hmm. that, you fight the alien squid robot. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So there's a, there's how, a boss fight. <laughs> there's a boss fight where you're on Bug Mars and you have to battle an alien space squid. And you use the same mechanics of where you were shooting the bugs out of the air to shoot the various tentacles on this mm-hmm. space squid. This, this is where this game starts getting incredibly ridiculous. Because to this point, it's... There are ridiculous Flash games that oh, existed. Yeah. And anyone who's played those <laughs> games, they're like, oh, it's silly. And like the upgrades were, were funny. But it wasn't like magical realism at this point. It was like, right. oh, this is silly. Yeah. And then <laughs> then it takes a journey. I mean, even the... Oh, yes. Even the, like, uh, where you're going through the asteroids. Like, that. I mean, that was weird, but it wasn't like, yeah. like, this could be a thing. This could be like a space level on this, like, fractions game. Also... Math does not come into play at no. all in this game. So if you're like, frog fractions, I suck at math. Don't worry. There's no math there's involved. No, there's no math involved. No. Do, do you know what I expected? Like, I expected, um, like, once we'd got on the warp drive and we'd done the Star Fox spoof. Right. I expected it to become, like, a change of environment 
sort of, which it kind of does, but I, I didn't expect it to go past that. Oh, you didn't think we'd, you know, we didn't go to Bug Court after we beat the, or the text, giant space text adventure game? games? or <laughs> Yeah, like, well, so I was expecting, like, okay, now I'm going to be doing the same shit on Mars. Right. And then I'll probably get some kind of fin that lets me travel to a different planet. And, like, I, I did, I was not prepared for the for the adventure at all <laughs> yeah so after you beat the alien robot squid uh you're taken to bug court and you're sitting in a courtroom where a very large photorealistic butterfly is ridding you of your rights and giving you like uh, he'll say something you'll have dialogue options and essentially you have to go through a test that gives you a work visa that allows you to stay on bug mars mm-hmm. and it's- well because what they isn't because they they tell you that that's the option out if right. you don't want to be sentenced to death mm-hmm if you don't want to be sentenced to death, you can become an upholding citizen of Bug Mars and uphold their values, which for some reason involves making a 420 pot reference. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how that involves being a citizen of Bug Mars. There's but... so many. It's like what was like Bug Abraham Lincoln's like height or whatever. And there's a lot. Yeah, of it's like, it was like four. Yeah, like four scores <laughs> and twenty bugs ago. There was a yeah. lot of history bug it's, it's, uh, uh, references. Yeah, it's that level of humor too, where it's you know. It, like one of the answers will just be like i hate bugs or bugs 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 and it's like they're on my skin yeah they're, they're on my skin. skin oh god they're crawling all over me um yeah it's it's very 2010 humor you have to yeah, put yourself sure. in that mind like in that mindset but i think with like how ridiculous the environment is like those jokes even though they like you're right they're old and like ha huh, it's kind of funny they were still funny at the time like yeah. i was like this is hilarious. but it also plays into like the genre of the game right like yeah. like that was the humor of these terrible like flash games it was just like oh yeah it's so, it's so stupid but it it's so self-aware of what it's doing that i think it kind of works a little better than maybe it would if it wasn't oh definitely kind I, of playing I, I, on yeah, this genre. It's, it's almost like um it's not like a fourth wall break but it is like you know how like I don't know if you guys have ever... I know you've probably watched the Deadpool movies, but have you read any Deadpool comics? No, I haven't. But yeah, I've seen both the Deadpool movies. Yeah, I mean, he does it a bit in the movie as well, but like he does it in the games. Like Deadpool is always very aware of the medium that he's in. Right. Um, and he, he likes to reference that as a way of breaking the fourth wall. And I, it's the same sort of thing with Frog, Frog Fractions. Like it's very aware that it is a like early 2000s flash game that's taking the piss out of education games and like it's it's very self-aware of what it's right. doing and it doesn't really care that it's a spoof right uh i i should have prefaced this at the very beginning and it's it might be too late because we're already well into this game but i would recommend that if you have not played this game and you're interested into it don't look up anything about it pause the podcast now go play through frog fractures and then come back and listen to our opinions because i think how this game lands the best is that kind of shock value, like yeah. not knowing what's coming next and being like, what, this? we're in bug court now and then we're like, we're underwater and we're in space. The fact that you never know what's going to happen next, I think adds to the appeal of this and, game. And I mean, it only gets more and more surreal. So I think right. even at this point, it's a good time to be like, because at, at, at so far you haven't experienced anything that's too out of the norm of like right. g- flash games or this kind of genre of game. Like you're right. just doing like the, the click attack kind of basic you know mechanics yeah, of mechanics. those games. The gameplay really. Hasn't so this is a good. This is a good point to bring up the fact that like after this stuff gets even weirder and like it's something right. you just have to experience. Because right. I, I have a feeling describing it is not going to maybe oh, do it as much justice. I, I, I meant, I meant to preface this in the beginning, but yeah, if you play, if you played along with us throughout this week, you're fine. Keep listening, but if you haven't played this game. Pause it. Go play it. It's on Steam. 
and it's on uh, Mac and PC. It's free, and it's like an hour out of your day. Yeah, unless you're yeah, there. just to kind of to yeah, unless you're me, just to kind of. <laughs> add to that like like i said i had my 14 year old brother here with me he had cyberpunk playing on his ps4 he left cyberpunk because he wanted to sit here with me and see what happened in this game yes like we was playing <laughs> we was playing and it got to the point where we in bug call yeah and uh my mum called and was like dinner's ready and i was like oh shit and my was like, it's cool don't worry we went and got our dinner we came back up to my room with our dinner and we sat and ate our dinner and experienced the rest of the game <laughs> like and if it can keep <clears throat> I, I know it sounds stupid but in in this day like in 2021 if this game can keep a 14 year old's attention for an hour yes that it's when it's this crazy then it's something you just have to experience right. definitely yeah okay and with that disclaimer out of the way we can continue so after bug court you travel underwater and and as you're traveling underwater it's almost in in my mind it felt like like an uh, old school donkey kong underwater level it's kind of what it looks like it's like fully silhouetted and you're swing underwater and while that's happening a narrator is telling you a fictional history of the creation of boxing yeah i think this yes. maybe is my favorite part of this game is not, yeah, it's they, not they... The swimming it's just the story that they're, they're telling with boxing i think it's amazing it's... It's like this weird thing of like how people used to fight, but nobody used their fists until this one person decided to punch the other person. Yeah, it's, and it... then they checked the rule book, and it wasn't illegal because <laughs> there was no rule against punching, and that's how boxing was formed. Yeah, the idea was that boxing originally started as this, uh, just like a social game where two men would would sit and talk to each other until one person passed out, and, and at one point in time, <laughs> someone got so frustrated with the other person talking that he just punched him in the throat. And the guy like fell to the ground, and they considered that a victory. And then from there on forward, boxing was like a. F- it was just it was brilliant. Well, and it it's was wild so too well because how that's what I was gonna say. How this is presented, kind of the environment, the the ambiance, like the ambiance of the music behind it, and how the person is reading it. If you were just like like in the background listening to this, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is like this is legit. Yeah, like, they're explaining how boxing got invented. But yeah. if you listen to like like what you just said, the words of two people just talking to each other until one passes out you're like that's not how boxing it's well it, yeah it's great i could the only for anyone who's listening the only way i can kind of compare it to something is uh, have either of you played or seen a game called getting over it with bennett foddy i have i've seen it i've not played it it's it's basically it's the most frustrating game i think anyone could ever play oh, yeah. you essentially you essentially play as a man who is stuck in a cauldron and you have like a pickaxe and the idea is that you have to use your pickaxe to cling to objects and essentially make your way up this map i don't even know what to call it because part of it is rock and part of it is like industrial estate yeah it's like it's like a mountain but there's like 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 you said industrial stuff coming out of it it's weird then the whole time you're talking there's like these this same kind of thing these like random facts that aren't facts but they're presented as if they're truth and it is it's very similar because it puts you in this mindset where you're so focused on going from place to place that you don't actually fully pay attention to what's being said and you just take it as it's as like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. And then a couple of seconds later, you're like, wait, hang on, but did he just say somebody poached what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's wild. And there's there's these fish that are like blowfish that you're trying to also avoid. So that's taking part of your attention is like trying to avoid these enemies that are attacking you but at the same time trying to listen to this narrative that's playing out about boxing which it's wild too. it was like a submarine in the background and i was like what? it was oddly beautiful though oh no oh. it was very it was very calming very, yeah uh, 
cathartic. It's like yeah, you're like a, a silhouette of this of of hop and draggy, <laughs> just kind of traveling through this like yeah. area. Well, and also, like, I don't know if you had this experience, Ben, but just as Americans, we're a very very stupid uh, breed of person. <laughs> so when I hear an English person tell me something, the, right. the person who's narrating has an English accent, and I'm like oh my god, this is the smartest thing I've ever heard. But I don't know if you have that experience because you have an English accent and you can see through the lies of yeah, the, the We're very it's, easily it's, convinced. It's very much like um, for, for for anyone who's unsure, it's like I don't I, like a meditative app. Like right. I don't know how to explain yeah, yeah. it. No, that's, that's like, exactly what it's like. Like like calm or headspace or any kind of app like that. Like where that person's like, hello. And welcome to, and it's like super calm, and you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm just swimming through the ocean. Yeah, I'm just swimming. I'm cool. I'm happy. I'm just learning about boxing, or not. Barely. <laughs> Take a breath. Uh, in. So after you get through, <laughs> <laughs> after you get through the maze at the very bottom of, of of the ocean, or this maze you're going through is a spaceship, and yes, Hop and Draggy enter the spaceship, and now the game changes into a text adventure game so a black screen comes up an orange text and now it's a text adventure game and you have to maneuver through the spaceship to try to make your way back to bug mars yeah because the, the idea is that essentially because you've been given this visa to be on bug mars you have to return by the end of the day right mm-hmm. and because otherwise you'll eventually essentially become a fugitive and now you're like an escaped criminal not criminal and yeah um, but this was by far my favorite part of this whole game. That's, oh, yeah. that's what I was going to say. And I, I mean, text adventure games have always been something I, I know about. I mean, they were very popular back in the day. Uh, the old Commodores. Yeah, exactly. And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but I don't think I would ever like be able to get into one. Like, it, going through this text adventure, I was really able to imagine all of, like, they did a good job of explaining the environments and, you know, consistency of things in the ship and maneuvering it it was great again this was probably my favorite part of this game yeah it, it reminded me of uh of kind of the tone and styling of um of what are those books the not guardians oh, the choose your own adventure films no not not guardians oh. of the galaxy but um like 42 is the answer of life anyway, oh um uh, hitchhiker's guide hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's yeah. that kind of like really deadpan yes dry humor that's just very silly but also is like almost realistic enough where you can just picture it perfectly where you're like Mm -hmm. you know you start you start at kind of like the main hole of the ship and there's just two things that you can interact with and from that you kind of have to figure out all of these different you know pathways that you can take within their ship which is it's really interesting well yeah this I was going to say this is this was strange for me because I this was my first ever experience with a text-based adventure game. Oh, same. like a text-based game ever. I've yeah. never played one before. Yeah, the text adventure. This was my first experience with a text adventure game, and it, I enjoyed it so much that I looked up more text adventure games to play. Like I wanted to try this out and try this this gameplay mechanic with other genres. It was that great. Frog fractions. There was me. there was one that the game grumps played that looked really good, yeah. and it was like. It wasn't, it was kind of, it was like you you could see the environment. So you had like an actual environment and you saw your person walking around and you would, but you would type the actions they wanted, you wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to look up the name and, and show you guys and we can see if we want to play it. But yeah, it was, it was cool. You kind of like, 
it's like okay you're in this room and there's a navigation fin and there's like sticks and then there's a ladder and you're like okay examine navigation it's like no you're a frog you can't operate that <laughs> like, okay all right all right cool like climb ladder and then you have to i i tried to so the whole idea is that you need to set the course to get back to bug mars and then you go to sleep in this little pod that's there correct and i was trying to sleep in a pod and it was like you try to sleep in a pod but you worry that the loose wire will cause a fire and i was like because there's this like panel of wires and one of the wires is loose and sparking and i was like what the fuck like how what am i supposed to do and then my brother was like that note that you ripped off of the console probably it said it had electrical tape on it man your brother was and really i was like uh, uh help in this, I was in like, this game for you i was like oh holy shit i was like okay i was like Sorry, I had to like, and literally, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because it was my first experience, but literally sitting there typing like, examine note, remove tape, you know, use yeah. tape mm-hmm. on wire and all of this kind of like, it was just, I don't know. It was good. I liked it because it's kind of, it was nice to, uh, the reason I talked about how to choose your own adventure books is because I fucking loved them growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely loved them. And I loved kind of reading it and putting myself in that situation and choosing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was nice to have a break where I could imagine what the environment looked like. Yeah. I wasn't being told how it looked. There's not much of stimulus, yeah. like things, images stimulating your mind or anything like that. Like it was black screen, orange text, and you had to imagine what these environments look like. Yeah, it was really good. It was, it was like a... I mean, it was like a choose-your-own-adventure thing come yeah. to life. I fucking loved it. Well, yeah. and, and what I love, too, is, like, it. I mean, I was going to say it made me feel smart, but not it made me feel smart, but it was just, like, having to think about how to get to this final destination, which was, like you said, routing our ship to Bug Mars and going into Cryo and having to think about, okay, okay we got this. No, we got the duct tape. What do we do with that? Okay, we put it on the wires, but now what? We're pulling this lever, and there's, like, this goo coming out. Like, how do we get that? I mean, a lot of it was trying to figure out the text commands too, like what we could and couldn't say. Like, oh, we'll just do this. And they're like, oh, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, it didn't like <clears throat> me, like, I think I was saying like, look at something. And it was like, don't understand that verb. And I was like, okay, look, boom. And I was like, do you know what it is? It's like, it, it was something about like with the electrical tape on the note. It's one of those things that like, it, this is something that happens in Resi games yeah. a lot you'll have like an object that you need to like turn upside down and there's right, a part, right. a panel on the bottom that mm-hmm. opens up or something. And without having that there, it was nice to be able to sit there and just be, kind of be like, okay, right. Because you have to actually know. picture the thing, right? Okay, is there like... Exactly, I yeah. To look on the other side of this? Like, what does this can look like? Where can I put it? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> this, I feel like this section of the game is probably going to be the most polarizing in terms of whether people enjoy their experience or not. Because it is easily the most frustrating part of the game. Yeah. Mainly due to getting the commands down correctly. Right. Um, but yeah, you yeah. This is this was my personal favourite. I know you guys liked it as well. But it's easy to see that some people may not enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And I had played some text adventure games before this and kind of had I've played good ones and have played some bad ones that are just they can feel very unnatural. And I think the good thing about this one is it feels very, like once you do get the commands down and there's a very helpful like help screen and it tells you that at the beginning that you can type help and it'll give you kind of a sample of what what it can do and what it can't do, which gives you kind of a starting point to start discovering things and kind of start figuring things out. But 
um, one of the one of the really good text adventure games I've played, and I think this is why I mentioned it before, was a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, text adventure game mm. that's based on the books, and it it is the same thing where it has a very like it makes you feel very smart because it's very easy to explore and figure out what you're doing, which is which is very nice. Which I think some text adventure games kind of have a hard time doing is kind of getting you started in the in the space that you're in. But because this is such like a small space and there's yeah. only so many things you can do, it so it's a good introduction to these. Type yeah, of it's a good it's a good introduction to text adventure, but it also just makes you feel like oh, I got this, like yeah. I can figure this out. And so is your mean not go for it. No, I was just going to say, I'd be interested because I really, really love Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'd be down for, for doing that. Yeah, I'll see, if I, I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it to you. But um, And we can also post it on uh, on our social media so yeah. that anyone listening can also give it a try. But uh, you start you start in the, the kind of like navigation room and you end up pulling, uh, going up the stairs and kind of entering a, a sleeping chamber of sorts where there's uh, as as we said before kind of a cryopod and uh and, and a nightstand which is kind of the only things in that room and then a, a rug on the ground and you actually end up uh pulling the rug out and moving it and there's a hatch and then you can go down the hatch and there's a, a basement area I, mean, I don't know how much detail we want to get in with the actual uh you know series of events but you, you kind of play th- between those three main rooms uh, and figure out a way to to get through yeah but it's also again because it's is one of those fins where like the rug was again my brother (laughs) because yeah we were sitting there and i was like because i i was going up and down this ladder and going in between the sleeping compartment and the navigation compartment and every time i was going into the sleeping compartment i was going like look room and it was saying what was in the room Mm -hmm. and looking back now I realized that it was hinting because it kept talking about this rug. I was like, didn't it call it like a suspicious looking rug or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, it was, it was talking about this rug in the middle of the room, this rug in the middle of the room. I was like, I don't give a shit about the rug. <laughs> and I, like after about 10 minutes or so, my brother was like, why don't you try and move in the, this rug that it keeps talking about? Like, or put like examine rug. Yeah. So then I put, I put examine rug and it was like you notice that the rug isn't fully on the floor it looks a bit suspicious so i was like okay right move rug and then you go for there's this whole new compartment where you go right. and interact with all of these fins which is a which is a bacon flavored milkshake machine oh is, yeah <laughs> once again just that it brings it back to the to the game being this surreal weird experience where you're like of course it is and that's mm. that's the i think the brilliant thing about this game is that everything is so strange and so foreign, but it feels so right. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. out of context, a bacon-flavored milkshake dispenser makes no sense. And me even saying it now feels so like, what What am I saying? But in the game, it's like, yeah, of course. I think the, <laughs> Of course this is what you're supposed to do. I think the more confusing part is it's not only a bacon, bacon-flavored milkshake machine, but that's the energy or the what you use to power your cryopod so you can sleep for the entire trip yeah. going back to Bug Mars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think Kai... The whole game, as Kaya said, is like if you like that Hitchhiker's Guide yeah. comedy, because it's that's like very, I don't want to say it's like dry British sarcasm, but like it, it is. Yeah, it kind like, of it is that that yeah. style of humor where it's so it's delivered in such a serious way, but it's so ridiculous that you can't help but be like, like of course, like, <laughs> like what, what is the other? You just in, you just get to the point where you accept it. You're like, yeah, yeah. cool, all right, bacon milkshake, whatever. Yep. Like, <laughs> Got to put this in my cryopod so I can get back to Bug Mars, so my visa doesn't get. Uh, <laughs> oh, wild. So after um, you yeah. uh, g- fill your cryopod with all that bacon flavored milkshake and go 
to sleep. You end up back in Buck Mars and Hop, our main character, ends up running for president. And to do so, you have to do a Dance Dance Revolution style minigame. I hated this. <laughs> I hated it. My hand was cramping so much. Uh, uh, just to preface, you don't have to actually be good, I don't think. Because I said, I think regardless, Hop wins the election. I tried my best, but you use the, the WSDA to do different directions for the Dance Dance Revolution pad, but it's 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 hard. It's like hard mode on Dance Dance Revolution or something. Because yeah, it's, it, it, it's hilarious. Yeah, I got to the point where I think they said to me, like, you don't have to be good. Mash. Like, you can just button mash. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just like slapping these direction <laughs> buttons. I'm curious because, you know, people play random games all the time with the dance pad. Like, people were like, I played through Dark Souls on a dance pad. I wonder if you could play Frog Fractions with a dance pad and then do the Dance Dance Revolution version on a dance pad. That would be incredible. I mean, if if somebody can play Call of Duty Warzone with a recorder, I'm pretty sure. I'm like... <laughs> pretty sure the dance pad is possible. I saw a video yeah. of someone get a headshot in Warzone using drums. Like, they they used the drums. It was the same guy. Oh, it was the same guy? Yeah, same guy done it. He does, um, he, like, programs different instruments to be able to play Warzone. He did the drums, and then he did the flute afterwards people are wild and like different pitches of each note turned his character a different way and like a certain note was fire and i can barely play warzone with a controller <laughs> but i'm terrible it was very impressive was so frustrating like he needs to go like work for google or something like put your time to something yeah, yeah. develop vaccines I mean, and, and code man stop, stop not, not belittling your uh, call of duty drumming because it was fantastic and i was very impressed but a man with that much genius needs to be applying it to other things um well you run for you run for frog president and you play through the dance dance revolution and you win you're elected and then you get to sit through a special uh little intro which is a a satire of the popularized television show the west wings intro which i thought was hilarious yeah Uh, like fake uh, credits i didn't know that yeah so i don't know how many people know that it's a very dated reference and i think i might be the only person in my generation who watched west wing um, but it's a it's a television show about uh, the president's office in in the U.S. and and the staff that works for the president uh, who work in the West Wing of the White House. Um, and so they they do a stylized intro just like that with the cheesy like trumpet music and the mm. flags flowing in the background. Yeah. And so this is like the the opening to you becoming the, the president of yes. Bug Mars yes. as a frog. And after that, there's like kind of like this fake credit scene that plays. But uh, after that finishes, the game now shifts into a business simulator. Yep. And your job is to now manufacture. You're now a manufacturer of bug porn. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let. Mm-hmm. The, oh, I'm gonna let that sit for a second. <laughs> Just let, let that let that hang you out. You have to manufacture bug pornography and the business behind that. How much are you doing? How much are you charging people for? How much megabytes are you downloading? It was wild. this. I this. I got very in depth of this. Me and my brother were sitting there, like, right, okay. If we we did not do fifteen thousand, it's like it's fifteen thousand to produce one megabyte of bug porn. So if we produce a hundred, that costs us extra x amount of money. So we need to charge x amount of money to be able to make back this much profit. And like, I ended up. I don't know if you can fail this because at the end of each day, it shows you like this is how much you made. And then I can hear your kitten, bless her. <laughs> this is this is how much you made, and this is like how much profit you have at the end of the day. How much money do you want to print off? Yeah. And I was, I don't was like, fuck it, let's just print like fifty million, man. Yeah, fuck it. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We, in, we and it was like inflated our economy. <laughs> yeah. As literally sitting there, and I was like, hyperinflation. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> just print money. 
and I don't know if it has an effect, but I don't. Think I, so. I don't know if you can fail that part. You I just kind so. of. Well, we definitely didn't kind of... succeed. No, we didn't I'll, succeed. I'll tell by you that because I never made any money making bug porn. I put in all the different numbers possible of combinations, and, and it never, it never, never worked I, out. I was sitting there with a calculator. Oh my god! <laughs> it was. All right, I definitely. It was like. <laughs> it was like okay, so it's fifteen thousand per megabyte. So if I download a hundred megabytes, that's one point five million. And then if I spend one point two million on advertisement, that means I need to make back two point seven million. So I need to sell it for X amount per megabyte to be able to make a profit. Ben is just and the I... Bill Gates of bug porn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was making like eight hundred thousand to a million. Oh, we were we were negative every. Yeah, we were time. negative every day, every single. Oh, day. Yeah. It was like a if you sit there with a calculator, it's yeah. it's easy. It'll be like oh, like the, it was hot today, and you're like yeah. your bug porn all burned down. So the something. only other mechanism of creating bug porn is the weather, and the weather mm-hmm. will change how people react to your product. And then you can also buy an upgrade, which will give you a better sense of what the weather is going to do and be more accurate. And so it'll it'll tell you at the beginning of every day, like, oh, today's going to be a hot day. And it's like, it was a hot day. People were out buying bug porn. And then it was like, oh, it's raining today. And it's like, people are inside only watching bug porn. It'll have like, you know, a million different like outcomes. Yeah. Also, in the beginning, there's like this quippy little like eight bit audio of like a woman being like, Oh, spread my wings or yeah. something oh, yeah. like bug related. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's always bug related. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or it'll be like your your porn factory burned down. And <laughs> yeah, there's one, there's one where she's like, because it's like that like eight bit audio oh, style yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, it's like she's talking like this, <laughs> and she she's talking. She's like, I only like ladybugs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I only like ladybugs. That's right. I only like ladybugs. And you're just like, what is happening? But I I actually did. I lost a shit ton of money one day because I made like, I spent like three million on bug porn and advertising, and then nobody bought any porn at all. Sad days. So I was like, okay, shit, I just need to print three million just to make up for the loss. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) Which I don't think that's how economics works. No, no. Uh, you don't have to actually succeed in this. Once you purchase all the upgrades you can collect, uh, the game does conclude after that. You do get actual credits. Uh, after that, you can you can jump back into specific chapters of the game. There's like an extra section where you can like go through all the sound bites in the yeah, game. You get and, all, like, the music all the and music all the and all the sound and everything like that. So uh, that's cool. There is DLC for this game. It's called Hop's Iconic Cap. Mm-hmm. It not only gives Hop a very spiffy hat, but apparently adds an extra hundred or so levels to well, they, it. They, so. It's not levels per se; they say secrets. Secrets. So, like, mm. so it might be the same experience and with it, different outcomes. And I wonder how much we missed yeah. by not playing it multiple times, because even seeing like Ben's playthrough with the amount of upgrades he got, like, we—I had no idea the upgrade screen got that big. Like, yeah, we like just we, had I don't, <laughs> I don't think that ends. I, I don't think there is an end to that. Like, because it got to the point where, like, the screen, I sent you the screenshot, yeah, yeah and like yeah. the power ups were to the left and right of my screen. Yes. And all that was happening was the power ups were being budged over to make room for the next power up. Yeah. Right. So I think that's just, I, I don't think that ends. I think you could sit there for hours and just constantly install and uninstall the lock on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it adds 100 plus, you know, extra secrets and, and some extra levels uh, at the beginning. I know that I've read about after playing through the game. But uh, that is that is Frog Fractions. Yes. It, it, it's a wild ride. It is a wild ride. You have to experience it. It's, again, I, I, would, I would preface to go in 
without any knowledge of this game, at least just maybe what it's about, where it's like a spoof on like the educa- education games, but don't watch any like YouTube videos on it. Just go into it blind. It's free. So the only thing it costs is your time, which as long as you're not Ben, should only be an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I literally, I started playing this on a Sunday night and I was playing it for like an hour and a half. And I was, I'm supposed to get like, I try and go to bed about sort of nine, half nine because I have to wake up like half four in the morning. Yeah. And it got to like 10 o'clock and I was like, do you know what? I can't fucking do this anymore. Because <laughs> well, there's, there's we, I guess it's a bit late to say this, but like there's no save point that I was aware of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, because obviously where it was a flash game, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't there, save there a flash no game, save, would you? Yeah. We played it in one playthrough. No, it was hilarious. Uh, you messaging me, you're like, I have to go to bed soon. Is this, am I progressing? I was like, <laughs> you took a screenshot that I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I was like, I right don't now. know what's happening. Just swim down, man. That's all you got to do. And I felt bad. I was like, did you go down? And you're like, what, what do you mean down? I was like, underwater. And you're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to find the, uh, okay, right. Yeah. So I found the screenshot. So you, you end up, you start off with one, two, three, four, a table of four by four. So there's 16 power ups and you're not meant to get all of them at the beginning. You're meant to get the ones that are like the lock on and the f- toe, uh, the turtle and the dragon and kind of go down that route. Uh, I bought an additional 16 plus. I bought an additional 31 power ups. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and all of them are just like install lock on uninstall lock on install lock on that is all it does it just <laughs> alternates between the two which in hindsight i should have seen given the sarcasm of the game i should have been <laughs> right should have been like, like yeah, i'm doing something wrong in your defense it was the beginning all you knew is you were a frog and you're eating bugs and, that was and you got out. you got fractions for it i i even yeah because you eat the bugs and it's like 17 over 8 and i was sitting there going like Okay, right. It's like, am I missing something? Am I supposed to achieve a certain score by eating certain bugs? Like, what? What is this? Because your score is even a fraction as well. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, there's there's um, subtle references to fractions through, through, but there's no actual real. You math, won't be if you're if you're a mathematician, you will not be disappointed with the lack of fractions. I can guarantee. <laughs> and can attest there. If you fractions. don't like math, you will be you won't be disappointed with the lack of math. <laughs> yeah, you'll be like, it's there's good. something for everybody. Yeah. Really. If you like math, there is fractions. If you don't like math, you don't have to do fractions. And really, that's the worst part of fractions. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually doing them is definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we can go. We can go through and talk about our opinions on this one. Yeah, I go first. I I went last last week. So yeah. all right. Um, frog fractions. I no, just play it. There's there's nothing else to say as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um. Just play it. Know that you need to go underwater, <laughs> and then and then you'll be fine. You know, just set aside like an hour and a half of your day max. You know, it's a free to play game, and it's just it's an experience. It's an experience. I can't. I genuinely don't think I can sum up my time. Yeah. With frog fractions in one sentence. Yeah. No. I mean, and for me, yeah, I think it's the same thing. Play it. Ben, you summed it up pretty well. I don't think there's part of this game that I didn't enjoy. You know, there's there's definitely parts that I like more than others. The text adventure, again, we've all said, is probably my favorite part of the game. It's just all around wacky craziness, and you'll constantly be bombarded with more wild stimulation every single time. If you do go into this blind, there's new things constantly. And I think that's what keeps it entertaining, too. 
Like it, the game doesn't stick on something for too long. I mean, like we said, the game's probably like an hour and a half or so. I would say the text adventure part is probably one of the longest because that section is determined on like you actually have to progress it and get something done where the other ones you're passively going through. Um, but it's great. Play it. It is definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. We need some, we need some, <laughs> we need some uh, different opinions in here. Uh, yeah. Uh, this game was released on Steam this year or last year, 2020. Yeah. Um, so it's now become available for everyone to play for free. Uh, and it's something that if you enjoy any type of game, there's something here for you. Like, right. and that's the cool thing. They took every genre of types of games and kind of tried to mash it all into this statement on, you know, the the genre of edutainment games, but also just games in general and, and kind of the things we all think are ridiculous and being very self-aware. And it, it is a very good game. At the end of the day, you know, putting aside all of its silliness and all of its, you know, kind of lighter areas, it is very well laid out. It feels very fun to play. It feels very natural. And an hour is perfect. There are so many games that are like, oh, yeah, man, you have to play this. It's so good. Yeah, it's like 57 hours long, man. But like once you get to that like midway point, like even games like and I know comparing this to Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably not the most (laughs) apt comparison, but it's like you have to get five hours into that game before you're really hooked and you're like oh i'm bullied but like just its simplicity and how easy it is to get into it's like oh this is fun and i just want to keep playing Mm -hmm. and then it keeps evolving into something and it always is keeping your attention and at no and it's only an hour long but at no point was i like "Eh, i could take a break and not play this like it just had me hooked and had me there and i think that's something that a lot of games fail to do on any level which yeah i i also think that I mean, just your comparison to Red Dead, there's so many games that are very, you know, gritty and they take themselves serious. You know, we have yeah. our, our GTA stories, which, I mean, GTA 5 is goofy at times, but also has very right. serious Or even tones. games that we like that we played on this podcast, even Zelda takes itself yeah. seriously to a certain extent at right. the time it came out. It was not supposed to be, you know, humorous right. in, a, in, in the kind of the traditional sense. It's supposed to be an adventure and it's supposed to be serious right. in itself. So. This, was, this was a good deviation from the, the the normal kind of adventure game and it was just something fun like i said it's free and it's only an hour i don't know uh, when you guys were sitting here talking i was trying to think if there was a price point attached to this because i know the dlc has a price point but if there's a price point attached to this what would i pay to try this out and i'm i'm, I'm not sure actually like where i would land 20 20 you think 20 is a reasonable but that's price just because like i think that for me is the normal and it's you know you always do the 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 price to time comparison like how much entertainment am i going to get out of this yeah because it's like you know big triple a games are usually 20 to 30 hours long and you're paying 60 to 70 dollars so you know there's a certain cost per hour of enjoyment but i think just like indie games in general are kind of priced in that 10 to 20 you know range and i think this is as good as any indie title as yeah. I've played or as enjoyable as any indie title to I played. So I think, you know, $10, $20 is solid. And the, the, just for those who are interested, the DLC is $6.99 or $7.99. It was, it was $9.99 and it was on sale recently. For on Steam. So that's, you know, another hour, two hours of, of enjoyment that you can get for yeah. a very modest price and supporting Twinbeard, the developer. And then there's also a, uh, another game that they developed that has Frog Fractions 2 built into it which I can't remember the name of. I'm but, finding here. But, uh, yeah. If you go on there, there's like, there's like a Frog Fraction Cinematic Universe. <laughs> that doesn't pique your interest. <laughs> I don't know. Well, 
I mean, I would definitely... I, if I'm entirely being honest, I don't know if I would go as high as 20. Yeah. I would I would go, like... If I saw this for, like, sort of 10 to 12, I'd probably be like, okay. It's, it's a bit different because on Steam, you have that refund window, whereas right. long as you haven't played for they two hours, you can time. refund it. Yeah. So, obviously, it's one of those things, if I saw it for 20, I know in my head that I could refund it if I really didn't enjoy it. Um... But I mean, t- to me, this is one of those ones like because most of my indie games I buy on the Switch. Yeah, um, that's like my go-to for the indie platform because there's just such a great selection of indie stuff on there. And I think like if it's a game I don't know about, nine times out of ten, like fifteen is the absolute max I will go. Yeah, if I haven't researched it and I don't know what I'm yeah. getting into, I think that this would feel right at home on Nintendo Switch. Like if they put Frog Fresh, oh, 100%, on Switch, yeah. I think it would. And and Switch is kind of following that Steam mentality, where it's like every day there's like hundreds and hundreds of games that are like like one cent, or they're like super cheap, where it's like and they're like small little indie games like that. I so I think Frog Fractions would be a perfect. Yeah, I, definitely. I think Frog Fractions would also be a game that if the developer wanted it's it's good to have it free up front and then allow people to donate on the back end. Yeah, because you're so. I don't know, at least for me, it was like, oh, I'm so enamored with this. Like, I think this is such yeah. a cool idea. And like, after sitting through the the like boxing dialogue and the writing that had to go into that, and I'm all for like supporting the indie developer. So at the end, if they're like, hey, you can pay Palace five bucks, yeah. or you can just buy the DLC straight through the game. Right. Like, I think like that would That's be perfect. that would be perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I will. If anyone is listening to this, I'd be interested to know how this sits because I'm sure there are people out there who have never experienced or have very little experience with flash games right and that's that's kind of the difference here i mean we're all in the age group where we kind of have experienced flash games before but we're also i would say more integrated into gaming than most people a lot of people are just kind of like i guess passive they play the big triple a titles they play their call of duties they're not really following games as as a medium necessarily so us we're like oh look at these genres like text adventure and dance dance revolution like all of those are are kind of connected to a time not text adventure too much mm-hmm. but yeah. it would be but, interesting yeah yeah like i said though i mean my 14 year old brother has very little experience with flash like he's he's played he's played a bit so you know he was absolutely his eyes did not come off the tv the whole time i was playing that's awesome well that's very strange too because a lot of my experience of this game is in context of those games that i played a lot in right. you know middle school and high school of like new grounds and i mean mm-hmm. i w- every aspect of this game i've played a game on on flash that is similar to it like whether it's the beginning <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. just like yeah, the clicking yeah. and and you know fighting bugs way like i've played games that are that set up and that's Definitely. it and it's not very interesting but it's like you know i it would be i can't obviously separate my experiences from it but it would be interesting to play this game as someone who has no experience with the edutainment or flash genre of right. like so yeah, because I mean that they are very unique genres, right? Yeah, you know, and like, like fl- flash games are very they stand out on their own. Even just like stylistically, like you look at this and you're like, "That's a flash game." Yeah, like it looks like a flash game. No, and hundred percent. And I yeah. think a lot of of art does really interesting things when you're limited in some way. Like flash yeah, yeah. games, the limit was the ability of like what you're able to do. There's only so much you can you can address and build within the mechanism of flash. So it was like. How are we going to build something interesting in this? And I think that's what makes this cool is it's like 
you're not given everything. Yeah. You're not given an open world or you know three dimensional blah 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 that are in a bunch of games. But you're 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 limited. So how do you tell a very interesting story and how do you be very silly in something that people can connect with, but is also very simple? Yeah, and I, I think mean, that's it. They did an incredible job. With yeah, that. I mean limitations, especially like in art, limitations spark creativity. Yeah, and Frog Fractions is a hundred is a perfect <laughs> example of that. Of, yeah. You know. So final yeah. final question about Frog Fractions. Does this game deserve the title Game of the Decade Edition? Because this is the Game of the Decade Edition of Frog Fractions. Does Frog Fractions warrant that? Yeah, I think so. You think so? But I like it's also hard because I know there are a lot of people out there who don't play games to have this kind of experience. Right. Like there are people who play Fortnite and there's people who play COD and in right. those type of games and that's their experience of gaming and that's what they're looking for. That's the kind of like satisfaction. This is very interesting as a piece of satire and a piece yeah. of art. And yeah. I think like, which is why it ranks very highly on things like Polygon or yeah. IGN is because the people who are writing about video games kind of have that lens they of like, this oh, this is something that's interesting that's doing something different. Right. But if you're not looking for different, like maybe this isn't for you. Right. Like don't, <laughs> like if you're not, if, if you go into a video game and you're looking for escapism and you're looking to not think too hard, like maybe this isn't the place to search for. But if you're someone who generally enjoys indie titles, who's maybe had or looking for experience with flash games like this is the pinnacle of what that genre can do and this is where you should maybe start well i think too i mean in your situation ben i mean you obviously in the games write about games you're very much into the, the culture of gaming i think if someone else that wasn't maybe into that so much or even into this flash genre spent two hours on that first screen they would have been like i'm done playing this and clearly <laughs> i'm not going to play this anymore yeah yeah i mean it's this is a hard question because yeah. i this is this sounds so pretentious, but I'm I'm not a big fan of having like a single, you know, like winner of something. If that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I, I used to back years ago when I started writing about games, we used to do like awards sure. and we would sort of like you know be like, oh, this is the game of the year. But now I don't know if it's because I'm older or because I've been yeah. in the culture for so long. I'm like, why do we need to have? Like to me, Frog Fractions isn't the game of the decade, but is yeah. it one of the games of the decade? Sure. Like, yeah, probably. I would say so. You know, just because it, just because of its ability to, I, I this is probably like sounds way too deep, but like just this ability to like hold a mirror up and just yeah. be like, why are games so serious? Like, why can't yeah, we just but... dick around and have a bit of fun? Yeah. No, I was just about to say that too. I was like, it's interesting that we have such this this complex conversation that's spun out of frog fractions that we thought was just going to be like, no, and I, and I, but in, a, in a weird way, I think that's what it wants. Yeah. yeah. You know? so, but I can also see people going into this and being like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, oh, I don't get what yeah. it's trying to do. Like the satire is very specific to people who have experience within games and understand like where it's, it's trying to be a little cheeky or where it's trying to like call yeah. on something that we've had experiences. I mean, and like, a, Oh, like I get it. It's a deep cut. I mean, there's a dance dance revolution. Uh, yeah, not in this game. Like, not a lot of people are going to get that. And that's funny because we know DDR, but it's not yeah. funny if you're like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's not just that. Like, it's it's the broader prospect of it. Like, it's not just a DDR. It's a DDR in a game that's supposed to be a math education game <laughs> in which you're competing to become the president of a bug planet. Yeah. Yep. And it's is as much as it is, this is like a thing about video games. Like, even if you didn't enjoy video games, if you've never played a video game in your life, yeah. 
if you somehow come across this game and you love this style of comedy, you will love this game. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's one of those experiences. And you don't have to be good at video games. No. Oh, no. That's, 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 that's the other thing. There is, not, there, is, there is no skill gap in this. There's no part where you're trying to be. In out. an interesting way, like, probably being bad at video games would probably help you. Because, Honestly. like... I'm not. I'm not saying I'm good at video games, but I've played enough games to know that if I'm on a 2D panel, I don't need to press S to go down. Right. Right. Exactly. There's a. There's a. I think there's a lot of that of like doing the unexpected, where it's like if you didn't know about games, you'd probably discover things a lot faster. Because we all have yeah. an assumption. We've all played games that were like the opening to this, and we're like, yeah. oh, I just need to. I just need to unlock things. That's all I yeah. have to do. I just have to sit yeah, here exactly. and go through the screen, and eventually it will take me to the next panel. And it's like, oh no. It's it's been below you the whole time. It was in your heart the whole time. Well, and I'm also curious. I mean, I imagine that you can access that almost immediately. I actually got it with the turtle. Oh, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I actually as soon as I bought the turtle, I you said to me to go down with the dragon and get the fins and then buy the warp drive at the end of the level. Right. But for some reason, I can't know. I don't know why I did it. But as soon as I got the turtle, I was like, I wonder if I can go on the wall with the turtle. Does it have to be the dragon? Mm-hmm. So I held down the S because you can't just press S. Right. You have to like hold it down for like right. a second before he goes under. Well, I guess you have to at least get the turtle because you can't move when you're on the lily pad. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. But with the turtle, you can go under and get it. So you can get it at any point. But the warp drive doesn't unlock until you have draggy. And the draggy ah, dragon. I see. So you have to have draggy. For the yeah, yeah. Got it. Oh, that was our time with Frog Fractions. It was lovely. It was lovely. Play it, please. It's a it's a great experience. Yeah, Jim Storm Dancer <laughs> is uh, is paying us to say this, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm curious to see what other Twin Biz stuff there is, actually. And if they're all for that style of comedy. I mean, like I said... Well, they... the, the only things that are listed under the developer are all within the Frog Fractions cinematic universe. So, yeah. Maybe he's developed something under a different name or... Oh. Storm yeah, Dancer like Studios. Storm Dancer. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I, I didn't pay attention to the credits because I was so just flabbergasted by the game. There was a lot of people involved. Yeah, yeah there, there was. There was I would be interested to know who who was like the writer or the story development person if it was. I think it was. I think it was actually him. Man, he did a lot of the main Josh stuff. Just game. brilliant. Just a just just hilarious. Great sense of humor. So I hope he does more. I'll play it. I wonder if he's British. I don't know. Well, that was a, that no, was... I'm genuinely just no, just because yeah. it's like that's that's the like that style. Like I said, it's like the British dry sarcasm. Yeah, and and that was actually one of the things when we were playing through this game that I talked to Jared about. I was like, I don't like like I wonder if, if the experience of this is different as someone who's in the UK because like the the boxing aspect is in like an English accent. So I was like, okay, maybe this is English. But then there's the whole like West Wing reference, which is like a very uniquely american television show which i was like that's interesting yeah. that that was in there and like i just you know i don't know how it plays there's also a lot of like not that the uk is in a capitalistic country like america is but there's also a lot of hits against like capitalism and that whole like system of just as you said at the beginning but also with the bug pornography section like <laughs> it's all and it's the the oval office is where you are as bug president because that's kind of every american traditional view of what it is to be president so I don't know. It's very interesting. I'm surprised we managed to talk about frog fractions for like an hour. Yeah, no. but that, that's, <laughs> the, that's the magic of it, right? Like there are games that I've played that are much longer and much harder to talk about. And this game's mm. an hour and I could talk about it for five hours, picking all yeah, the little things off of it, which is... Just... I, I couldn't talk about like Call of Duty Black Ops for an hour. No, no. no. What would you say? It's like... Uh, Shoot it's, people yeah, bad? Yeah, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, bam. I'm also bad at that. 
So that just makes me sad because every time I talk about it, I'm like, I'm just not good. Ah, that was good. That was lovely. I feel refreshed. I do feel refreshed. Well, guys, before we go, next week we are starting Metal Gear Solid. Ben, do you want to do you want to do you want to give the people a little little taste of what's going to happen? Yes. Um, So Metal Gear Solid. um, I'll talk about it a bit more next week when we start, but very near to near and dear to my heart. Um, I guess I want to preface it by warning people that it is very misogynistic. Um, that's something that troubles me deeply because like, I'm so against that shit, but I love this game because when I played it, it was, I didn't know what misogyny meant when I was like nine years old. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you're, if you're someone who's like deeply against that, then maybe that's something to consider because, there is a lot of like Metal Gear Solid takes the damsel in distress storyline and ramps it up to 20. Um, and there's a lot of like, like I've said before, there is a section where you have to identify a soldier by staring at her ass while she walks. Yeah. And it's, you know, if that, if even talking about that kind of stuff is making you go, I don't know if I want to play this, then maybe, yeah, you know, maybe don't play it. But I think we're going to play through to the first boss, which is Revolver Ocelot. Um, Revolver, Rev- wow, Revolver Ocelot, interesting. Yes, yes. Um, he he's he's a cool little boss. Um, what else did I want to say? Oh, right, yes. So if you're going to play Metal Gear Solid, um, preferably if you can play it on a PlayStation One, or I think it was on a PS3 HD remake, or like Jared, you've got the PlayStation Classic. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, if you're going to play it on an emulator, that is fine. I highly, highly suggest not using save states. Mm. Um, we'll get into that when it comes round to it. If you want to use save states, that's fine, but do also use the game's inbuilt save system because it does come into play um, somewhere down the line. And other than that, just get some popcorn. This is a very cutscene-heavy game. Not lying. Um, for you guys as well, for like Jared and Kai, and for the people at home, I will say, I would highly suggest when you boot this game up, if you go down the menu, there is an option called special, and there is something about previous operations. That is like an in-game booklet that explains the story of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. Because we're because... on NES... Yes, those were on NES. They were like top-down 2D stealth games. Um, But this game is set, I think it's about 15 years after Metal Gear 2 and is a direct sequel to the events that happened in the first two games. It fully carries on from from that story. Um, Is this how you felt going into Zelda? Because I feel feel very overwhelmed. Yes, there is a... you don't have to. You don't have to read the previous operations because it is explained throughout the game. But if you really want to know the in-depth behind everything, um, and like what's, if you want to have a full understanding of what's going on, like I'll be able to explain things that you don't understand. Yeah. But guess I'll read since we're doing it on a podcast. <laughs> I, I do have a question, and you can you can say that this is something we'll talk about in the next episode. But can you explain to us in the audience what the VR missions are for? 
Oh yeah, so no, that's that's just um, that's just training. Oh, okay. So that's just training. So essentially, the VR missions are a set of tasks where you can go in. I do advise to do those if you've got some spare time, mm, okay. um, because it just it will put you in situations and it will explain this is how the radar works. Because there are lots of mechanics in the game, like for instance, you can put yourself against the wall, and then by pressing circle, you can knock on the wall to create a sound to attract a guard if you need to divert them away. There's like when you run through puddles, it will leave footprints that the guards will follow if they find them. Um, Like there, there are ways that you can actually choke the guards and kill them so that they're gone and you don't have to worry about them finding you. There's like there's a lot of deep mechanics to the actual gameplay. And things like the footprints and things like knocking, they're not explained in the core game. You just kind of discover them. Hmm. So I think it takes about 30 or 40 minutes from memory. Maybe it depends how long it takes you to get to grips with what it's teaching. Right. Um, but yeah, I would suggest if you if you do have the time to do the VR missions, do the VR missions. Got it. Yeah, I saw those on there and I was like, I don't know what this is. I'll ask Ben about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's training, but yeah. it is is very helpful. Sweet. Okay. And Revolver Ocelot. That's that's where we're playing up to from the beginning of the game to Revolver Ocelot to the after after the Revolver Ocelot fight. Wow, Revolver Ocelot is a tongue twister. I also just imagine mm-hmm. like a fluffy woodland creature with like is is it a, a cowboy belt? <laughs> he does have a cowboy belt. Oh my god, dude! I'm a psychic. Uh, he he's um so the whole so the whole premise is that these these people are all named after different fins that they can do so revolver ocelot is the fastest the most accurate revolver shooter in the world shoot ocelots out of his revolver no i wish that'd be awesome well it's already a nine i'm I'm just gonna every time i'm disappointed i'm gonna take a point off (laughs) wait until you fight him and you'll see unless he's a fluffy woodland creature he also comes up throughout the entire franchise. He's one of the few characters that's oh. in. I mean, he's in everything. He goes all the way from like Big Boss all the way up to Metal Gear Solid. We're just like we don't know. So. Yeah, I was like, I don't. Know. I have no context. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Okay, guys. Uh, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how you felt getting me to play Ocarina? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> so I was like, here's this game that I loved. And I haven't played it in a hot second. I'm not really sure if it holds up still, but let's, <laughs> let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Okay, guys, make sure to follow us on social media. Instagram and Twitter. the podcast. 19, I know, honestly. <laughs> uh, Instagram and Twitter at PlayAlongPod. You can see all of our updates on what games we're playing, what games we're playing through, what sections we're playing through as well. But be prepared. Get your PlayStation 1's Metal Gear Solid next week. That's all we have for you guys. Spra! See you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Kaiser hype man, hype man. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I think that hype out. Yeah, you know.